Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This has got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right, don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. All things Chelsea, keeping you up to date on the latest news from Stamford Bridge. Match recaps, previews, presented by WorldSoccerShop.com. It's the London is Blue podcast. Here's your hosts, Brandon, Dan, and Nick. Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to another episode of our summer special series of podcasts. The World Cup is off to a flying start, a little bit more so, depending on what team you're with. I know, Nick, it's kind of been uh, an interesting start to the tournament. Uh, the big dogs not always getting the three points, but your uh, your tiny island are looking to qualify for the knockout round, surprisingly already, as we record on Thursday, June 21st. My my tiny island being Iceland, uh, who I'm rooting for in the, in the World Cup, and... Uh, you know, they, they stifled Messi and they're about to go take on uh, Victor Moses in Nigeria tomorrow. Uh, so Friday, the, uh, the 22nd, uh, you know, uh, it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun ride. I, I hope they can uh, I hope they can pull something off, Dan. That'd be pretty cool. It would be cool. It would also be cool to watch Argentina continue their momentous collapse here. Uh, sorry, Willie. Um, but it's it's kind of funny. It, Clearly not theory. sorry. 
clear, clearly. Oh no, not, no not at all. I, I am totally here for absolute FIFA chaos. Yeah. That that is quite Argen- special. Argentina does have one more point than Germany at at the current moment, though. So we'll see what happens there. Oh, Germany has only played one game though, where Argentina has played two. I know, but I'm just saying they have zero points, and it makes me smile a little bit. I, I love how you became a math expert during the summer, Nick. It's quite special. I've been practicing on my maths. Yes, I you're going to say that you're like an it, abacus. The, <laughs> the maths. Oh, well done. Well, anyways, we're going to talk about a lot of summer transfer targets and, and different things where we think the team might look like at the end of the summer. Obviously, this is chock full of speculation and and guessing and and you know ideas but i don't know if you guys have seen this guy on twitter putting all these hundred seconds on ruben loftus cheek and gary cave and all this stuff well we decided to just go bring him in and say you know what alex goldberg we're gonna give you a lot more than a hundred seconds on a lot more targets here on an, an actual full-length podcast so hey welcome back man <laughs> Brandon, Nick, Dan, thanks for having me back. Uh, and yeah, I think I only get weaker the longer you allow me to talk. So maybe the videos will have to be my thing. Yeah, the assess Fabregas legs experiment for you. <laughs> yeah, that's me with my thoughts and opinions. There you go. Well, four hundred four hundred thousand seconds on Chelsea's transfer targets. Here we go. Clear, clearly, I now know why Fabregas has blocked us on Twitter. So there's that, Dan. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Well, as, as we kind of talked about, we're going to be doing a lot of transfers, so we want to get into it right away. But but first, Nick, um, uh, a bit of a special, pretty cool, unique project that we uh, we are going to do for uh, an organization, I guess, a nonprofit in your community in Kansas City. Correct. So uh, really want to emphasize this and make it known a couple weeks ahead of the launch, but uh, as you guys have seen on our Twitter and uh, and our Facebook group as well, we announced that we are going to do a raffle uh, project to raise money for the Veterans Community Project. Uh, the Veterans Community Project is a an organization that was founded and based in Kansas City, where I'm from. And uh, their goal is to end veteran homelessness, which is a cause that we can all get behind because uh, because it just makes sense. So what they've done uh, as an organization is pretty special. I got to know their CEO a couple of uh, months ago over lunch, a guy who is really genuine and as cool as they come. And their goal is, uh, you know, kind of twofold. They have a veterans village that has tiny homes uh, for veterans to stay in and obviously uh, get off the streets and, and provide shelter. And then they have this full service kind of learning center where a veteran can go get anything from like job training uh, to medical care to anything. So like they really take care of these guys and it's a full effort um, to kind of get um, homeless veterans back on their feet, back to be a part of the community. And it's something that I'm super proud that we are, are kind of partnering with. And as soon as I kind of brought this up, Jake Cohen actually uh, messaged me right away, friend of the pod um, and a guy who has some, some military experience, military background and said, Hey, I want to help. And we were like, Holy shit. Yeah, let's do that. Um, And so Jake has donated a laundry list of items in an incredible way, which is inclusive of a whole team signed kit uh, from the squad that went to Barcelona a flag from the FA Cup this year, uh, the best you know kind of programs from our title-winning season, a couple or the 16-17 season, 
whiskey glasses, Chelsea pen notebook kits that are really kind of cool and special. Uh, signed photo of Frank Lampard, uh, whose 40th birthday was uh, was yesterday. And we're going to include some of our merch as well as a part of this auction. So we really want to raise uh, a good amount of money for these guys. They're a great charity. They hope to expand around the country and, uh, and the support will help them do that. So uh, rant over, uh, diatribe over, but we really hope when we launch this thing over 4th of July weekend that you're able to, uh, to chip in a few bucks for the cause. Uh, we're really excited to do this. Boom. Awesome. Well, we really appreciate that, Nick. And like I said, for you organizing, but we will all get behind that and push it. So, um, I mean, look, as Chelsea fans, there's some amazing opportunities to win some really cool stuff in there. So uh, we'll let you know about it more as we get closer. So anyways, uh, real quick, kind of it's funny, obviously, as an American podcast at Giles is a Wonka saying, imagine the Premier League has an NBA style expansion draft. You are only allowed to protect five senior players. Who do you choose? Like, is this the world we're living in, Dan, on, <laughs> on the night of the NBA draft where, you know, we talked about the purge recently on the keeps alone. Now we're talking about protecting <laughs> senior players like is this just about to hit total chaos this summer at this club i mean when you haven't signed a manager officially and you, have you currently have not added <laughs> you, you you have one that probably has had all of his clearances to Cobham revoked at this point in time and yeah yeah i think full chaos let's like let's keep on tilting the world on its head here like this cross-pollination of sports i'm, I'm down for it how how do we know this isn't our our board strategy? <laughs> how do we know that maybe there's a mass exodus plan and they're only planning to keep five current players? That's it. You know, I don't know. It could happen. Well, a lot of lot of room for for speculation. Um, funny then from at Benevolent Bono, Alex. He was saying, "What about our upcoming signings, Ashley Barnes and Malk, Mark Albrighton?" <laughs> Clearly, this is the state of the Chelsea community right now. <laughs> Yeah, um, the negativity is becoming fun for everyone, even the people that are like glass half full fans. So, yeah, everyone's fully expecting Peter Crouch or Andy Carroll. And, uh, like, wait, 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 no, no, we we can't afford Peter Crouch and Andy Carroll. <laughs> That's... Come on, you're you're aiming way too high. You know, Solomon Rondon, like there, there's a there's an obtainable yeah. striker target. So b- before we get started, we we must if you cannot pick up on all of our sarcasm right now, we mu- we must let you know this whole episode is pure speculation and we're going to have fun with it because there's only that to do. Like, we're not taking this too seriously. These are not predictions. If they happen, it's just cool for the club that we sign players. So for all the fans listening out there who think that we're taking this ultra seriously, we're, we just want to talk about some, some new players after uh, a pretty disappointing year. We, 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 do, we do have some stats and some numbers to reference back to. So, you know, it's not necessarily devoid of a educational value as well. So, you know, think about this as the, uh, you know, the, the, you know, magic school bus kind of type of experience. It's fun, but they learn something at the end of it. Peter Crouch's numbers last year were super, by the way, and I can't wait to talk about his goal-scoring record. So, <laughs> Well, let's go ahead and start where else but at the top of the team sheet when it comes to importance. Oh, God. When you run the show, you get to make the calls, guys. Goalkeepers, <laughs> here we go. At our current squad, we have Tibor Courtois, Willy Caballero. And, yes, that's it. We did release... Um, 
Man, what is, that, what is that Portuguese guy's? I can't even think. Eduardo. That's right. He's already gone. Out of my mind. We've moved on. But, Dan, the rumored targets for the man between the sticks, as you tell us all season, is Alisson, Jack Butlin, Kepa, Ariza Balaga, Schmeichel, and that's it so far. What a ridiculous list. Uh, I would say... You get a little bit of everything in here, right? Alisson, proven starter, going to cost you a ton. Butland, he's English. Ariza Balaga, <laughs> I'll get it. Don't even worry about it. Ariza Balaga. Anyways, he is the young up-and-comer. And then Schmeichel, I don't know, because we like rating Leicester. Like, they're our Southampton to Liverpool. <laughs> uh, it, it, it kind of has been the relationship the past few seasons here and uh, maybe they'd be happy for us to pick up somebody else off their their tab uh yeah i i, I only actually included uh, uh peter because his not peter inclusion That's oh sorry casper. Uh, yes, yes casper uh because a you know we like the danes we're, we're, we're a fan of them and then shane who's one of our uh, our very loyal listeners asked if he would be included the problem is with Casper, the Logan's Run Red Crystal is already blinking on his hand because he's 31 years old. So as much as he might have some talent and time left to give, uh, I don't think he would end up landing our position. I, I think it's really down to three options. And I, I think you might agree, Alex. We're going to keep Courtois because Real Madrid signed Allison. Or Allison's going to go to maybe a, a Liverpool or something of that nature where they spend the money to bring him on board. And then we lose Courtois to Real Madrid. And then we end up with Butland. And, I mean, those are kind of the avenues that I see happening. So, Or we end up uh, getting Allison because we spend more than Liverpool and Courtois goes to Madrid. And, you know, potentially people can be happy. Yeah, that's the dream. For me, that's the dream scenario. It's in coming to Chelsea. Because you know, well, once again, as you already said, I think it was Nick that we're gonna we're really assuming here. We do, are not saying things concrete. So Allison looks like he's going to Real Madrid, and Sorry looks like he's coming to Chelsea. I think if Sorry was coming to Chelsea, I think Allison is the perfect keeper for Sorry. The way Allison's able to distribute, but overall, I agree. The most realistic thing is let's keep Courtois uh, because uh, I don't know how you guys totally feel about Jack Butland, but no nope. meh. Meh, yeah, like he just makes me shrug my shoulders. You know, I'm not at all. I don't think Jack Butlin moves the needle for the team, and he's a downgrade in talent to Courtois. So, you know, I don't think Courtois is exactly a Maurizio Sarri type keeper, but he's too talented to just let go because he's not a Sarri keeper. Nick, any of these targets uh, essentially stand up more for you? You know, in in, in this situation. Well, I, I know Allison is the, the hot name on the street right now um, and that he, you know, possesses just incredible distribution talent. Um, so I, I understand why, why Dan has been um, kind of goo-goo-eyed over him <laughs> since, you know, early in the season, to be fair. But I think the, you know, in terms of like realistic options, if Courtois would leave. I would much rather have Oblak personally. Uh, I think Oblak's a better shot stopper, and I think that he uh, might fit in a little bit better at Chelsea um, in terms of Premier League readiness um, than than Allison would. And that, again, that's it, flip a coin and take one of them. I, I don't. I don't really care. Um, but if Courtois is not going to resign, you got to get rid of him. Um, and it seems like 
you know, unless something changes as soon as a, a manager is announced. And, you know, I think for the for the sake of this pod, we're just assuming that Sari is still that uh, still going to be the manager at Chelsea that, um, you know, I think I think a new keeper comes in and, and clearly, uh, you know, Caballero is not going to be able to stand on his head as a number one throughout the entire season. Uh, so I think, you know, whether it's Alisson or uh, whether it's Kepa uh, or or it's Oblak or, you know, something, I think if, if Courtois leaves and Chelsea don't uh, get a verified kind of top five, six keeper in the world to to stand behind uh, or to stand in Courtois' place, then, then we would have really kind of screwed ourselves. Um, and that wouldn't be a new thing for for this Chelsea board, but it would be, it would be foolish. So I, I hope that they take care of business uh, and, so, and do the right thing. So Nick, one, one thing I do want to do, and, I, and I'm going to say it in like the, uh, the 30 for 30 style. What if, <laughs> what if, <laughs> what if we lived in a world where Jack Butlin actually was better at shot stopping than Thibaut Courtois? Courtois is way the more data, athletic and he's way more, he's faced way more shots than Courtois. Uh, so, so all I'll say is, uh, you know, I kind of, you know, put out my, my, my fear or I have been, you know, repping the, uh, hey, we're going to sign Butlin train for a while because I think that that's just the way our, you know, season and postseason have circled the proverbial toilet as everything starts to go down the tube. Um, but there's a, uh, analyst or a data, you know, kind of analysts and goes by Sam Jackson, not that Sam Jackson on Twitter, but, uh, yeah. Samuel Jackson. Um, Consistency and quality of shot stopping. And then also the actual kind of shot stopping rating, uh, basically the same for a rating and Courtois was actually less consistent. Um, but also having a similar quality compared to Butland. So, um, I think it was one of those things where it's like the, the eye test maybe isn't as good on Butland because obviously he played for a horrific Stoke team. Um, so I don't know. I, I feel like it's worth going back, watching a little bit more video. I think it would suck to lose Courtois and not get Alisson. And I don't necessarily think that we would find a way to pry a block away from Atletico Madrid, especially after they continue to sign amazing talent after amazing talent and restock the coffers. The, the interesting one would be Kepa, but the challenge with Bilbao is they do not like to do anything less than the release clause. And that release clause has been extended into the uh, mid to high, um, you know, like 50, 60 million pounds, I think. Um, just because he was also being sought out by Madrid if they couldn't go after um, Alisson, if they couldn't get Courtois, he was on their radar. So, you know, it's good that we would be potentially considering him and looking at him. Uh, you know, he's kind of probably the future of, uh, you know, Spanish goalkeepers, but it's just maybe not necessarily his time right now. So I will just end it with this. I would say that as Chelsea fans, you should genuinely expect Courtois to stay at 50-50 with his contract as close to 12 months as it is with the World Cup delaying things. Uh, I don't think the club are going to wait much longer after the end of the World Cup for him to sign a contract before they say, nope, we're done, start the public auction. So uh, definitely keep that in mind. As much as we want to keep him, uh, I think that it is as high as 50-50 on whether or not he stays. 
Um, and then from there, it's uh, it's a big question of where we go because there's not too many options above above where we're at. So, um, all right, well, let's go ahead and chat about some defenders. I think we've got David Luiz still on contract, Antonio Rudiger, uh, Dave, Cesar Espilicueta, Victor Moses, Marcos Alonso, Gary Cahill, Andreas Christensen, Davide Zapacosta, and Emerson Palmieri. Um, you know, Alex, you're obviously in the uh, Serie A world quite a bit. I see that Zapacosta is flirting with Inter Milan. We talked about him in our keep so loan as someone that we all said, like, hey, man, it was nice to meet you, but we'll, we'll see you later in, in, in that sense for us. Uh, I believe your tweet kind of echoed the same sentiments. But from, from that back line, how many of those guys do you think will still be here next season? Oh, yeah. Well, let's start on Zabacosta. I, I totally share your sentiments. Nothing against him, but uh, no thank you. You can go back to Italy and Serie A. That's totally fine. He was fun to watch run, but that was really his best attribute. Guys, he wasn't a great defender, which really is quite important when you're a defender. So uh, I'm good with Zabacosta totally leaving Chelsea. Uh, Dave, as Piliqueta, always got to keep. I don't care if he had a down year or made some mistakes you absolutely keep dave a thousand percent so valuable uh i'm not a marcus marco salonzo guy uh, but i I don't know like marco salonzo's importance is really all based on who the manager is next season if it's someone like marizzo sorry and they play a back four well marco salonzo is not desirable he's not a real left back so that's why i've tweeted i prefer emerson palmieri you guys know how I feel about Gary Cahill. Um, I do not want him on the roster anymore. I think Rudiger and Christensen are your must-starts in the center. And uh, I don't know. What do you guys think is going to happen with David Luiz? Because that's one that is really hard to get a grasp on. Uh, it, it's so difficult. Um, you know, we, we said in our keeps alone, I think Dan said it um, best. If you get rid of Cahill and Luiz in, in an offseason – uh, that's that's almost a suicide mission, and not and not because, in my mind, not because they're automatic starters, but from a leadership perspective, it, there has to be some continuity in in the team. You know, we, we all I think we all regard Antonio Rudiger as a leader, Cesar Espilicueta as a leader, uh, Christensen as an up and coming you know leader type, um, but David Luiz and Cahill uh, both have incredible leadership abilities, whether. You love their st- you know respective styles of play or not is is up for debate. But um, my my guess would be that David Luiz uh, goes and Cahill stays. Personally, that's that's how I feel. Um, not because I want that to happen. I just think that's in the cards. Uh, and you know, it, it seems you know it seemed for a while that David Luiz, um, you know, had the weird injury, couldn't really get back under Antonio Conte's good graces. And, you know, we also have to see, Dan, you know, who the manager is going to be. If, if you know, Maurizio Sarri loves his distribution, then, you know, it's possibly stays. I think all that just boils down to the fact that we are going to need to add, you know, at least a defender, if not more. And some of the names that have been, uh, you know, been thrown out, uh, Manolis from Roma has been mentioned. Uh, Rudani from Juventus, who was with you know, Mauricio Sarri at uh, Empoli. And then uh, Koulibaly, because you know what? Who doesn't want to get back on the, uh, the K-squared train <laughs> and just ride, ride with ADL into the sunset and watch everything just explode in absolute flames? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, out of the, some of the names that you know we've kind of heard, I mean, I think the first two are, are way more likely. I, I just don't know. I, I feel like, and, and Alex, I mean, you're you've got your you know fingers to the pulse of the serial world. I feel like there's going to be a lot of bad blood between Napoli and Chelsea for all of the stuff with Sari, and I I just can't see any of their players coming to Chelsea this window or maybe even in future windows because of that relationship between uh, Marina and then uh, ADL. Yeah. Uh, De Laurentiis is maybe the most stubborn man I have ever heard of, but honestly good for him because uh, he, when he digs his feet in, he really digs his feet in. And I, I yeah, I think it's honestly just going to be sorry coming over from Naples Maybe someone like Hisaj or Albiol, um, the center back who we would hope at 32 years old wouldn't be a starter, just maybe a safety net that Sari would want to bring over. But overall, Koulibaly, I mean, that, first of all, Dan, that was so stressful a couple years ago. I don't want to go through that again. So if Koulibaly's coming over, I need it to be a complete surprise. I wake up one morning and all of a sudden Chelsea's already tweeting it out. Is I cannot, but I can't put my heart through that again. That was so tough. But I don't think Koulibaly is going anywhere. And in turn, and it would be lo- it would be lovely if he did come to Stamford Bridge because he's such a good passer. He's such a beast. He fits Sarri's system perfectly. But getting back to what you said, Nick, in terms of between Cahill and David Louise, you think it's going to be Dav- or you think it's going to be Gary Cahill that stays. I just really hope it's exactly the opposite way because if Sari is coming, then David Luiz's passing ability is useful. I don't care if it's as a second string defender in Europa League games or FA Cup games, but I think I think David Luiz has an ability to almost lead without even playing. Just being there in the dressing room, I think he's a positive impact on all the players. So I'm just so good on Cahill no matter who the manager is, and I think David Luiz would still have a little value as a good passing center back under Sari. Yeah, I mean, I I know your stance on Cahill, and I I differ with you, and that is completely fine. That's kind of what we um, what we are able to do on a show like this is disagree and be okay with it. But uh, I don't think that Cahill's resale value is higher than David Luiz's, and that's that's my rationale. If if and only if you know, it's not guaranteed that one or both of those players is is uh, gonna go. But if you were gonna uh, sell one. I mean, David Luiz is probably the more attractive option to sell. I mean, uh, I, I, so I, it doesn't, none of that makes me feel good though, because regardless of what you think of Cahill, he has provided uh, a ton of stability and is a, you know, a, the captain of the club. So, uh, very few, <laughs> very few clubs in Europe sell their captain. Um, uh, and that is just kind of part of the, part of the thing that I'm thinking about now. Let's pretend that you know one or both of those players goes. I think Manolas is an absolute stud. Uh, he obviously has the famous goal uh, to put Roma through against Barcelona in that crazy second leg uh, in the in the Champions League quarterfinals. Uh, he is an absolute beast on the ball, off the ball, in the air. Um, has that kind of classic Greek tradition of of center back play and, and strong defense. I mean, that's how they, they won the euros in 2000. Um, he, he would be a incredibly welcome, uh, acquisition at the club. And I think would provide uh rock star level defending, uh, in a very physical league, but that, that's just my take, Brandon. 
All right, so we have some issues here. And the biggest issue for me <laughs> is nothing with what you guys have said. It's that the fact that why are Chelsea linked to center backs when even through last year, that was our deepest position we have out there. Like, we continuously, especially, we're going to go to a four-back set, need, like, either more wing, like, defenders, more traditional outside backs. We have to figure out, is Dave going to be a right back or is he going to be a center back? Are we sticking with Alonzo? We only have Moses. Or do we bring up, um, you know, someone coming up like Reese James from the academy? To me, I just feel like you have... Uh, let's see what Rudiger is what 25 or something like that. Christian's like 24 as well, 25. Jeez, even more ridiculous. And then you can pair it with experience in a David Luiz Kehu, whoever, yada, yada, even a Dave. To me, it just, this doesn't make sense that we, we wouldn't be proactively looking at um, the outside of the team to, I don't know, to make, to make improvements. Um, so that's kind of where my frustration's at. And again, these are just rumors. It's only what's being reported. So there is every possibility that the club are looking at the outsides. Uh, but for me, I mean, just we don't need any more center backs, especially if you go down to a four back set when you only have two of them. Well, that was one of the things we talked about in our Keeps Alone episodes, too. So if you haven't listened to those, you should. Um, was that the right back position in a back four is something that even if we keep Dave, you know, we're, we're assuming Zapacos is gone um, and he, he isn't a true right back anyway. Um, we're still not very deep there. So unless you're going to promote Reese James uh, from the from the academy up to um, the first team, we still need to go get a right back. And and frankly, to, to Alex's point earlier, you know, Mark Salonzo is not your not your starting left back either, most likely just in terms of his uh, his talent and ability being more of a wing back. So it might be to, to Brandon's clear point that we need to go find a right back and a left back instead of focusing uh, in the middle as much. And, and I would take that point really well. I think that's a, a good point. I mean, I like Paul Mary. I think he has a ton of potential coming in. Um, but we'll just have to kind of wait and see, like I said, with, with some of these things. There's still unknowns. We're, we're kind of, you know, again, making some big assumptions with the back four and a potential manager shift. You know, but one thing I want to point out as well is that as much as we love Moses, we like him because he is attacking, uh, you know, well, is supposed to be a more of an attacking player. But I remember, Nick, when we went there and we watched them, I believe it was the Spurs match, and Moses didn't even pick his head up to look down the field. He was looking for a short option and never came, and he ended up losing losing the ball and I believe we got scored on you were so frustrated but just watching them play in person you realize that Antonio Conte had them playing in a very short pass uh, technical kind of style of play and it wasn't working but again Moses knows that he, he doesn't have the option to just boot it up he played himself into trouble so as we look to this sorry ball potential formation and in, in style of play that is something you have to think about right like we are potentially gonna need some very highly technical players that we just don't have we have some awesome athletes uh that can do a lot of different things but we really don't have those specialists i think which to me is also a little bit concerning as we look to our, our defense i mean alex correct me if i'm wrong i'm assuming sorry based off the triangle highlights that i've seen over and over in my sleep is that like <laughs> Booting it long is not an option. You need to find your midfielder, find your center back, find your outside back, back to your center back, and it just until you can release pressure to the other side. Um, I don't know if if these guys could handle that kind of pressure in and around their own box. Yeah, no, you're you're totally right about the style. You know, they move together as a unit, as a triangle, as you said. There's not 
nearly as much clearing it sometimes and hoping one of your wingers can chase it down. And I'm so glad, guys, because maybe my next video is going to be about this, and instead I'll do it right now really quickly. I'm so glad we're talking about Moses and in a potential sorry system because I admit I'm not as big of a fan of Moses as others, and I don't hate on Moses. I just I don't see as much appeal as others do. With Moses in a back four, that doesn't work. That just doesn't work. He he is definitely a better defender than I ever thought he would be. But first of all, I think a lot of people need to realize that if they and I and I've heard some people wanting Moses over as Pilicueta, even as a pure right back, which I think I think that's wrong. And I think people also need to remember Moses has credited Dave as Pilicueta to pretty much teaching him how to be a good defender. He's talked about that he loves how Aspi is always shouting and barking orders at him, and he, he's really helped him with positional awareness. Well, you take at, if you're playing Moses at right back, you're taking Aspi out of the lineup, and that is way too flimsy of a defense for me. If you have four defenders and Moses is one of them, and, and remember, sorry at Napoli had Hisaj while he was fit as his right back. Hisaj is primarily a defensive right back. He's not that attacking. So I just don't think Moses fits at all as a right back in Sarri's system. Is there, is there, Alex, is there anyone uh, from a right back standpoint, you know, just, just assuming that Reese James isn't going to be the backup and assuming that, you know, Moses is not going to be comfortable in that position. Is there someone that you would identify that's not in this kind of three group that we have for center backs um, that you would want to put in there? Uh, it's a, such a tough one because I, I just assume that, I mean, honestly, can I throw Hisaj in there? That's kind of a cheap answer. But if that's one of the people that Sari is rumored to want to bring over, he's 24 years old. He kind of fits it perfectly. Um, you know, P is definitely limited with his distribution, although he obviously had some great crosses to Marata. He can look uncomfortable on the ball. So I'm trying to think, like, you know, people have brought up Thomas Munir on PSG. He's a very offensive right back, though, as well. So I'd be kind of contradicting myself if, you know, uh, I say I want Munir and not Moses. Uh, it's a good question, Nick. Honestly, I would want Hisaj a- a- as a right back coming in from any other team. Well, well, we'll definitely, man, have to see how it happens. You would think that if if Dave maybe I would I would like to think if he got back into that role a little bit, being on the Spanish national team and kind of being aware of that style of play and some different things, he could you know maybe maybe jump back in and feel that position out. But I don't know. We'll see. Um, uh, you know, as always, guys, tweet at us. Let us know what you think. Email, social media, the whole nine yards. Because we are moving on to the midfield. That is right. The midfield, which currently consists of N'Golo Kante and his twin, uh, Bakayoko, Danny Drinkwater, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, Ross Barkley, Cesc Fabregas, Ethan Ampadu, and Kyle Scott. Uh, again, first-team rosters. We, we're not just making up names here, people. So, Dan, I want to pull you back in. I feel like we're losing you a little bit. The midfield we have, which I have gone on record multiple times as the number one weakness in the team and the reason we plummeted as we did, uh, from a rumored target standpoint, I think that there's a lot of room for improvement in this squad. Uh, we'll just have to see how many places there are in the center of midfield to uh, to really get game time. I think that's going to be the big challenge if you think that 
Ngoa Conte gets nailed on as a starter and even calls out his French national teammates for making sure that defense starts with the attackers, which was uh, you know, a lovely thing to hear um, as he you know kind of post-interviewed after one of the matches recently. That means that Loftus Cheek, you know, with his kind of wonderful performances for the England squad, and then also for Crystal Palace next season, maybe is that second player in the midfield three. And then you're kind of looking at maybe a Bakayoko, or is this going to be where there's a little bit more of a variable? And uh, yeah, and then the rest of them, you know, outside of Ampadu, uh, you could just uh, ship away. You could put them in a box and you could mail them. Um, I, I don't know. I think we could do a GoFundMe for a storage container. Um, hmm. And we could, yeah, you know, we, we could find um, uh, maybe like a, a needing of you know footballing squad somewhere in the world like a, a, a terrible squad that needs uh, about four <laughs> or five uh, training dummies and uh, we could just you know do that because you know Dan Drinkwater Ross Barkley Fabregas uh, and unfortunately Kyle Scott who actually was a training dummy last season um, all you know should find uh, other lines of employment especially if we're looking at giving Mason Mount a shot because. Uh, to be fair, we need goals from midfield, and that would be a wonderful thing to see. Uh, you know, we've obviously seen a couple of different names. Uh, Michael Sari, uh, John Michael Sari is one of those. Uh, you know, we've also seen uh, Pjanic right now has been the uh, the hot name today, and then uh, uh, McLovin from you know uh, from Russia. McLovin, <laughs> <laughs> uh, also known as. <laughs> Come on, Dan. As 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 Alexander Golovin. There you go. Yeah, Mick Golovin. <laughs> he is also for anybody that's seen Wedding Crashers. He's also Todd from Wedding Crashers. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good one too. That's 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 an excellent visual representation. I got to give my girlfriend credit for that. She uh, was watching the game and she said, "Is that Todd from Wedding Crashers?" And I was like, "Oh my god, you're right." The, the painting was a gift, Todd. Yeah, I'm exactly. <laughs> Call it celebration. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. (laughs) Um, All right, so, you know, I think that we can't skip over the fact that you just said Fabregas should be gone and that he should continue his uh, commentating duties uh, because that's what I heard. Um, 100%. 100%. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let him do that. The Pionic things, I think that he is... I think that he's, he's out of the realm. Yeah, but I just don't think it's it's a reasonable thing. I would be really surprised. So here's the thing. If we feel like we have Conte as a lock for someone who can do the defense, we started to see some light from Bakayoko, Nick. But again, he's not a consistent player. Ruben Loftus-Cheek, again, a high potential player. Whoever else you sprinkle in. We, I think we need at least a couple of midfielders, like at least. So from your standpoint, do you think we need more defensive midfielders? Do we need more box-to-box midfielders, attacking midfielders? Where do you land in these transfer targets as people you feel like can come in day one and make a real impact? Yeah, this is a fun. This is a really fun exercise because I think our midfield is, is probably going to be the place where we see the most change uh, this season. So... Uh, I look at N'Golo Conte, absolute lock. Bakayoko staying with the squad. I don't think you can give up on him. Danny Drinkwater uh, will likely be at West Ham. Uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek should absolutely be given a chance to earn a starting spot. The the notion that we are just going to give him a starting spot because he wants it 
is ludicrous and an insult to everyone else on the team who has to earn their spot. Uh, I know he's I, I know he's the golden boy. I know he's going to perform. But I, I don't think any coach worth their salt would just have a dude come back from the World Cup who hasn't ever consistently played for Chelsea and be like, you know what? You're the guy. Uh, I think that's just ludicrous. Um, I, I hope he earns it. I hope he is a stud. Uh, and I hope that alongside uh, N'Golo Kante and whoever else is in that midfield three, that he can thrive and give us goals and give us assists because that's what he can do. Um Ross Barkley should go on loan somewhere and have a full season of football before I before I think twice about him. Fabregas should find other realms of employment or come off the bench uh, as you know a 65th minute sub uh, to, to distribute the ball. Uh, Ethan Ampadu is really really challenging because I th- I think a loan's probably the best thing for him and his development. I don't think he's going to see a ton of time. And then Kyle Scott would be the would be the, the same. So a player like Miralem Pjanic makes a ton of sense uh, for a number of reasons. But other, other than the fact that he's an absolute stud, uh, his numbers are insane. His transfer value is also insane. Um, you know, and he he's been a guy at Juventus that. Uh, and, and previously, he was at Roma, correct, uh, Alex? Yeah, so a guy who's, like, you would know really well. Is, is he a good fit at Chelsea? Yeah, he's he's my pick of the litter out of the rumored targets. A little bit more than Golovin, who excites me, obviously, because Golovin is 22, I believe. So there's a lot of upside with him. But I think Pjanic is the one that, especially if it's sorry. He is immediately one of Chelsea's most important players. I think Pjanic is only 28, maybe 29 himself, uh, coming off a good year for Juventus. Uh, I think, you know, part of the problem with everybody thinking about uh, sorry with Chelsea is they're trying to exactly mirror the Napoli squad. So I I hear so many people saying, well, who's going to be our Hamshik? Who's going to be our Diawara? Who's going to be our Alon? Who's going to be our Jorginho? I think... Pjanic would fill in a, a, a lot of that Hamshik role, a little bit of the Jorginho role, uh, but I think he'd be brilliant next to N'Golo Kante. Not, not that they're at all the same type of player, but he could be a deep-lying playmaker. Um, he, he could honestly just do a lot of what we would want a younger Cesc Fabregas to do. Uh, I would say he's a, still a little bit more of a CM than Fabregas, um, who has always been, I, I don't care where, Mourinho and Gande have played him. He's always been more of an attacking mid that just doesn't run fast. Um, but I think Pjanic would be brilliant in, in Sarri's system. Um, you know, not not to jump ahead here, but Jean-Michael Sarri I think would be good. But I don't know how you guys feel about it. it you know, I, I just think people are overrating Jean-Michael Sarri. So, Nick, to answer your question about Pjanic, that is, that's the guy, especially if Sarri comes. Uh, Dan, you, you, you're the one who's... I've uh, been watching the Jean Michael Sari highlight reel. Uh, what are your thoughts on him? I, I watched all these highlight reels, and let's be fair, uh, I know now know about twenty new terrible dubstep songs that uh, I didn't know before doing this research. Uh, that actually is better than all the ones I heard. Congratulations. <laughs> Yeah, you know, uh, Sarri's interesting. He he definitely loves the flashy backheel pass. So I feel like he and you know and Hazard on the first day of school would get along extremely well. Uh, you know, very high success rate from a, a passing perspective. You know, so ball retention is is obviously extremely important. If uh, you know, in, in any system, regardless of of manager, that is a manager agnostic trait that a player should have. 
might be going to West Ham. Yeah, they might be throwing in the cheeky bid. You know, Napoli's kind of been sniffing around. Wonder if that, you know, if he's an option. If you know, we don't settle on a manager fast enough, maybe you know, Sarri wants to get his future sorted a little bit sooner. Um, not necessarily terribly tall either, uh, and I just, I just hate the idea of having this really diminutive squad in in the midfield and kind of thinking about the type of teams that bossed us around last season and really made it extremely difficult to operate through the midfield. Um, you know, I, I also, but I also just don't think I'm in love with the panic thing either. I think it's a really, really a lot of money for someone who is going to get like one contract with us and then be done. And, you know, doesn't add like, if you're telling me that like these are the three options, uh, you know I like McLovin. Uh, I think he'd probably be the one that I would go after. But I would start Mason Mount potentially ahead of him and give him the biggest shot to, you know, really light the world on fire next season. You know, he adds goals from midfield, very attacking minded. I think would play extremely well alongside uh, Loftus Cheek and with you know Golo Conte, and I think it would be super fucking fun to watch but uh and and you know what and then it doesn't actually cost us anything because you talked about like this being some of the most important areas to kind of focus on i think this is the second most important thing to focus on but i do think our attack in the front with aging attackers and (laughs) really a strike force that was uh you know operating without like a full complement of missiles when it went into battle um is is probably the the kind of thing that makes me scratch my head the most. Like that's where I see us spending a ton of money this this window. Oh, right, Dan, so I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. You're I'm good. so I'm so down for the Mason Mount idea. Screw Pjanic. It's all about Mason Mount. You're brilliant, Dan. Yeah, there we go. Don't 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 say that too often, uh, Alex. Uh, <laughs> look, I I think if I had a player outside of this group that I would really like, and a player who I hate to admit that I love because I think he's kind of a bastard, but I think we need kind of a bastard in our midfield uh, would be Musa Dembele from Spurs, uh, who's probably not going to resign. And that he is so good on the ball and such a provider um, because he's able to carry it. Uh, he, he's like a, uh, a, a much faster, about as strong Nemanja Matic, but with better passing ability. Um, I, I've always loved his game. I loved his game when he was at Fulham. Uh, he really stood out for Spurs uh, and I think would be a guy that would be fantastic in our midfield and challenge a lot of teams. He, he might be our new, uh, you know, Costa light type of personality. And, and look, I, you can say whatever you want about Diego Costa and we have, we've, you know, waxed poetic and criticized. He is, he was a bastard because other teams hated to play against him. We loved him. I think we probably need another one of those guys because the uh, Alvaro, uh, Alvaro Morata kind of flopping childish thing was not working for us this year. So uh, Musa Dembele would be kind of a wild card sneaky pick that I would love. All right. Well, you know what? I just think that um, seeing Diego Costa in the World Cup just makes you miss him that much more. It's why I didn't uh. watch La Liga. <laughs> This last season. All right. Well, let's go ahead and, uh, you know, as we as we head towards the end of this episode, move on to the attackers. Obviously, for now, we have Eden Hazard, William, Pedro, 
Callum Hudson-Odoi, Alvaro Morata, and Olivier Giroud. Uh, interesting. And, me, and, and Mishi. You have to put That's Mishi true. in there. Because we, Mishi. you did just hear again today that, that uh, Chelsea turned down a bid from Dortmund. Uh, for Mishi, ironically, apparently Morata might be going to Dortmund. What a circus it is this summer. <laughs> um, all right, we've been linked with Anthony Martial, Leon Bailey, Mauro Icardi, Robert Lewandowski. Yes, I will laugh as I say that. Gonzalo Higuain, Dries Mertens. And that is it for the Napoli reunion targets <laughs> on a potential sorry bid. So anyways... Uh, Alex, as as it stands for you, again, I feel like a lot of room to shake up up here. Uh, William, a lot of us were on the fence if we to keep or not. Pedro, we're cool with him heading out. But then you look at Alvaro Morata, Mishi Giroud as actual attackers, as strikers in that role. And a lot of these guys were being linked with, with Akardi, Lewandowski, uh, Iguain, um, even now Dries Mertens. Guys that are that that front runner again. So, do you think that Chelsea will go to either replace one of our current strikers or reinforce it this season? Uh, I, you know, it's my answer for almost everything. I think it's dependent on Sari coming because I think if Maurizio Sari does come, I think Gonzalo Higuain is a huge possibility, and that's just because of the relationship between Sari and Higuain. Higuain had an incredible season for Napoli under Maurizio Sarri. And I actually, I'm not a bit, overall, if, if you gave me the choice of Lewandowski and Higuain, I'm obviously taking Lewandowski. But I actually think Higuain probably makes more sense for Chelsea, especially if Sarri comes. And that's for the sole fact that they have a relationship. And Higuain, I think, is a year, maybe two years older than Lewandowski. And I think Higuain doesn't, you don't need to acquire a young striker in this scenario. Bridge the gap. It buys you a couple years to think about who your next striker is, whether it's an academy player or just somebody that hasn't fully developed yet. I think Higuain is the smart move for Chelsea. Will they do it? I mean, I think it's, I think it's fairly likely if Sarri comes that they're not just going to settle for Morata and take the chance on that you know, Morata can succeed under Sarri. Or, or, or Michi, even though I think Betchwai would be really good under Sari, uh, I, I do think they are going to try to replace the striker because, guys, it comes down to this. Eden Hazard is putting the pressure on them, as he should be. And it, it, we've talked about all the areas now, goalkeeper, defenders, midfield, but it's really the attack that I think Hazard is looking at. So, uh, you know, they have to acquire some people, and who better than a striker that can clinically put it in? And, and that is Gonzalo Higuain. Maybe not in clutch moments, but that is Higuain. Do we, do we think, are we all on, on the bandwagon now that we think Morata is going to go? Is that, cra- is that fucking crazy to think about? That's so tough, but, you know, Morata... I was hard on Morata for a while this season, and then I kind of eased up because I realized he was really going through a tough year. Just once he got injured and the abuse came down, he, it clearly weighed on him. And it was sad to see his confidence drop so deep. And, you know, does he prefer being in Italy or, or Spain? It kind of seems like it. But you're right. It is kind of crazy to think that he could already be on his way out after this time last year. We were all celebrating that we got Murata and it seemed like a perfect fit. Um, it's just, you know, the sorry thing shakes things up so much. And if sorry has his preferences, he has his preferences. I actually think Murata would probably come good with sorry. I don't know what you guys think about that. Well, that, that was kind of my, uh, go ahead, Brandon, but that was kind of my thought as well. Sure. I actually, it, I think it's a little different. So, 
in my limited playing career, I think that it makes total sense for a striker to be one and done. If it's not perfect for them, like those guys, most strikers don't have the mentality of, yeah, I'm just going to put my head down and get through it. No, if they're not feeling it because their careers are so fragile, either you score or you don't. If they don't feel like it's it's a good system and things are working, they have to move on. They have to find a different place that they can thrive under. Otherwise, their career's done. You can't go unless you're Fernando Torres, two, three seasons, scoring a few goals a season. Like It just doesn't work like that. So while I do think it would be crazy to lose Morata after one season, I also would completely understand if on his end, he's pushing to be like, you know what? I'm more comfortable in Spain and Italy after all. I thought I could do the Premier League. The way the defenders are, the way the service comes, I'm just not in it. So that's kind of where I'm at as far as that goes. Um, it Not so much a fact that, hey, we should push him out. It's more of like, as strikers go, they've only got a few chances. And if he gets labeled as a guy who can't be the guy for a whole season, man, his career's done at such a young age. I like that. Yeah, sorry, Nick. I like that point, Brandon. Um, and I just wanted to add, the flopping has to stop. If he's yeah. going to stay for another year, he's got to stop flopping because he's not going to make it in the Premier League if he keeps falling like a fish. I, I just can't. My, my brain won't let me reconcile a guy who's that young with as much talent as he has not being able to figure it out. Uh, that's my my initial gut reaction says we keep him, we keep Giroud, Um Maybe Mishi goes on another loan or gets sold. I'm not 100% sure how that's all going to work out. But we bring in someone maybe like an Iguain or maybe like a Lewandowski who is going to absolutely push those guys to be better. And that is where I think the area of opportunity for the striker role in particular is lacking because if you know, it, it doesn't say much if, if you have one or two, one of two options who are going to start. Uh, you know, the, the competition is just not that high. And you saw even when Giroud got chances this year that Marate would come on and just run around like he was a, an insane person because he was trying to prove himself. You bring in someone with absolute quality like a Lewandowski or a Higuain, uh, and and let's see how much those guys can push each other and really drum up competition, Dan. like That's where my brain is at. Uh, well, I believe... For, for those who've listened for a long time, uh, I have always been a proponent and preacher of the gospel of two, two first teams. And, uh, you know, it is uh, the core tenets of that would be that uh, for every one talented striker you, sh- you have or player, you should have a level equal if possible so that competition does breed success. And I think you saw it at Man City this season where in almost every position, there was someone just as talented as the person who was on the pitch and what that did to keep the quality of play at an extremely high level. And if there was a dip, there was an immediate ability to make a quick move and transition. Um, You mentioned earlier the idea of Diego Costa. I think having someone like Acardi leading the line at Chelsea with Hazard and then adding either a Martial or a Bailey is... That, that is fierce. There's teeth. There's gnawing teeth just chomping down on the op, you know the opposition and going into that goal in a way that we don't have right now. And it's 
time for William to take a big payday. It's time for Pedro to uh, maybe go along with them and, you know, free up some space and then also let us grow some talent underneath some really, really talented players that we acquire in a Callum Hudson Odoi and watch our attack just really change a lot this season. I think it is totally ripe for disruption outside of the fact that Eden Hazard is the the true individual that needs to kind of stay and get to see really, really talented players brought in around him. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I am here for Akardi. I am here for Lewandowski. Uh, I, I think either of them I would take before Higuain. Um, even though I feel like Higuain has looked his best playing for Sari. Um, and maybe he would uh, be put back into a different type of regimen. Uh, and as someone who uh, has also lost some re- uh, weight recently, I would say, hey, just avoid the carbs. You know, uh, it's, it's a go. great way to, uh, to shed some weight. I, I would say this. I, I think that for those who have uh, decided that Anthony Martial can't play football anymore, I think you're insane. Uh, he is 22 years old. He has uh, played under two really shit managers at Manchester United and is a guy who I think it has everything in front of him. Uh, if we were to acquire a guy like him and put him in a uh, an attacking fun system, just watch. Just watch him go because I, I know I know it's really easy to watch that Manchester United team not score goals and be like, man, they all suck now. No, the system sucks a lot, just like our system kind of didn't play as well this year either. He is a talent. I would bet on him coming good. Same with Bailey. I think Bailey is incredible. Um, you know, his highlight reel this year alone is just mind blowing how he doesn't have more notoriety. If you bring in one of those guys, you bring in a legitimate striker, you let Callum Hudson Adoy play a, a little bit more this year. And uh, and I'm 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 all for that too. You know I'm, I'm I, I I will say to your point about Martial. Just remember the amount of players who have said that they've struggled underneath Mourinho. Younger players in the you know watching you know older players you know get their minutes, and then somehow they go play somewhere else and they magically just transform and become better in what they do. And uh, you know, I'm not saying like Martial is like De Bruyne and going to become like the star player on the French national team or one of the two or three best players on it. But, you know, he's he's damn good. And, you know, there is just a, you know, mentality sometimes where you need to, to go to a different place. I think Brandon hit it on the head when it comes to Morata. I think the same thing would happen for, for Martial. All right, well, to wrap this part up, I would just like to point out that the the strikers we're looking at, obviously, recently, Chelsea have gone for young, up-and-coming guys, and it probably hasn't worked out uh, as best as they want, like Diego Costa, who they brought in, who was the finished product. You know, Lewandowski, 29A, he's never coming because we don't have Champions League. That's what he wants. So, I, sorry, Dan, I'm just going to squash that now. I, there's a 0% chance Lewandowski comes. Uh, Higuain, 30 Dries Mertens, 31. Uh, I, I just think that's something interesting to point out, that they'll put a, an older, more experienced, proven striker to lead the line, but then we look at the Leon Baileys, we look at the um, the Anthony Martial's 22, 20-year-olds, 20 uh, the young guys that can run around these strikers and create space for them, and, and, and chances those are the young, electric, kind of exciting players. So that seems to kind of be Chelsea's 
maybe idea of going forward, but who knows? We'll see how uh, we'll see how the the attack shapes up. So, anyways, guys, I think we'll go ahead and wrap this one up. It's been it's been really fun to kind of just take a dive and and not get too too crazy in the weeds. Take about, a dive, you know. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> take, take a dive into who we may or may not be having on the squad next season as, as I did it. But uh, anyways, uh, everyone, thank you for your guys listening. Obviously, Alex, a, a huge thank you to you for, for joining us as well again. Oh, guys, no, thank you so much for having me back. I, I really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Awesome. And before you guys go, we do want to give you one reminder of something that we're doing special. And it is specifically for you guys still here at the end of the hour, listen all the way to the end. So before you turn it off, don't worry, Dan, uh, we have something really cool that we want to engage with our listeners on. Yeah, it's going to be uh, 90 seconds on uh, my favorite Academy product. Um, <laughs> actually, it's just going to be a quick little uh, little spot. Uh, just thank you, A, for listening. But, you know, we always want to figure out how we make the show better. You've seen us, you know, transition into a little bit more digital content this season when it comes to YouTube. So we're going to be posting a link to a survey in uh, the very, very near future to capture your feedback and to try to understand what you really liked about the season, you know, 71 episodes later, what maybe you didn't like, what are things that we could, you know, expand upon content series guests that we've had on. We know you're going to tell us that you want to hear Alex more and we can definitely make that happen as long as his girlfriend can release him in, you know, the, late evenings on a Thursday night more often and uh, we'll we'll work to make that happen so uh, thank you again for listening we're going to drop that soon and it's going to be really you know helpful for us as we look to plan the next season as uh, Mike Nick Brandon and myself get together at the end of July here in Tampa all right. Also, if you know, just like the keeps alone, if you guys really like that, if you liked this summer transfer targets special, and you want to do another one in July, just let us know. But you have to tweet at us or leave the i star, the the five star iTunes review or Facebook or email us to let us know. But that is it for this episode. Again, thank you to everyone who was on. Really appreciate you guys listening. Uh, but until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high. If you don't want the conversation to stop. Make sure to follow the London is Blue podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you want to support the pod, you can leave a five-star review in iTunes or donate on Patreon.com. The London is Blue podcast, presented by WorldSoccerShop.com.